0: Welcome to Day two hundred and eleven of shaped by the word. Uh, we're in our third season together. The story of prophets, and uh, we've been reading through the prophet of uh, Jeremiah. We're coming near the conclusion of uh, you know Jeremiah's story, uh, and of course, we're coming near the conclusion of uh, uh, the nation of Judah as God judges it and sends it into exile. Uh, there have been you know three you know, three different deportations where the king uh, Nebuchadnezzar has taken. Uh, the royal family away from Judah, then he's taken the best of the best away from Judah and the land is, is left to the poor, to the disenfranchised. Many of them are pouring back into Jerusalem just for the protection of the big city and for the meager resources that you know, they can find in, in the city. It's a sad end to a great nation. And, of course, there's still hope. God still promises hope, but even the promise of God's hope is ignored by those who are, who are there. So we end into a little palace intrigue uh, as uh, you know, even the small handful of people that are left in Judah uh, turn from God and, of course, have lost all sense of, of hope in the covenant uh, that God has given them. So we read in uh, Jeremiah 41, and as we always do, I'm Paul, by the way, here with Matthew and David and Katie, uh, as we read through uh, Scripture, we realize God has revealed His heart and character to us. He has given us a gift of His presence through His Word, and His Word is not only uh it is a way that we see Him, a way that we know Him, but is a way that He powerfully works in us to shape us into the image of His Son. So we always come in anticipation of knowing who God is and receiving His grace through His Word. So as we always do, we offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord before we read. So, Katie, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer?
1: Not at all. Let's pray. Father, um, we just come before You knowing that... Um, this time that we have in your word could be just a quick 15 minutes um, of our day, and then we could just move on. Um, but it could also be some a time when you meet with us and um, change us. So would we come to this time with open hearts and open hands, knowing that you have the power um, to use your word, to, to humble us, to convict us, to encourage us, um, to remind us of the gospel, remind us of your heart and and how you have pursued your people, and you have um, you've made a way. So would you help us to trust you um, and meet with us now? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Jeremiah forty one, the seventh month of Ishmael, son of Nethaniah son of Elishamah, who was of royal blood and had been one of the king's officers, came with ten men to Gedaliah, son of Hakim at Mizpah. While they were eating together, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, and ten men who were with him got up and struck down Gedaliah, son of Hakim, the son of Shaphan, with the sword, killing the one whom the king of Babylon had appointed as governor over the land. Ishmael also killed all the men of Judah who were with Gedaliah at Mizpah, as well as the Babylonian soldiers who were there. The day after Gedaliah's assassination, before anyone knew about it, 80 men who had shaved off their beards, torn their clothes, and cut themselves came from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria, bringing grain offerings and incense with them to the house of the Lord. Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, went out from Mizpah to meet them, weeping as he went. When he met them, he said, Come to Gedaliah, son of Achim. When they went into the city, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, and the men who were with him, slaughtered them and threw them into a cistern. But ten of them said to Ishmael, Don't kill us. We have wheat and barley, olive oil, and honey hidden in the field. So he let them alone and did not kill them with the others. Now the cistern where he threw all the bodies of the men he had killed, along with Gedaliah, was one King Asa had made as part of his defense against Baasha, king of Israel. Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, filled it with the dead. Ishmael made captives of all the rest of the people who were in Mitzpah, the king's daughters, along with all the others who were left there, over whom Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard, had appointed over Gadaliah, son of Hakim. Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, took captive and set out and crossed over to the Ammonites. When Jonathan, son of Kiriah, and all the army officials, uh, officers who were with him heard about all the crimes Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, committed, they took all their men, and went to fight Ishmael, son of Nethaniah. They caught up with him near the great pool in Gibeon. When all the people Ishmael had with him saw Johanan, son of Kiriah, and the army officers who were with him, they were glad. All the people Ishmael had taken captive at Mizpah turned and went over to Johan, son of Kiriah. But Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, and eight of his men escaped from Johanan and fled to the Ammonites." Then Johanan, son of Kiriah, and all the army officers who were with them, led away all the people of Mitzvah who had presided. When Johanan had recovered uh, from Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, after Ishmael had assassinated Gedaliah, son of Achim, the soldiers, women, children, and court officials, he had recovered from Gibeon. And they went on, and stopping at Garam Kithmith near Bethlehem, on their way to Egypt, to escape Babylonians. They were afraid of them because Ishmael son of Nethaniah killed Gedaliah son of Achim, whom the king of Babylon appointed as governors over the land. So, if you've never heard uh, the Hebrew language butchered as many times in one reading, uh, this would probably set a record. Let,
2: let me are, give it a shot.
0: We are, yeah, we are clearly, <laughs> we are clearly concerned about who is the father of who in mm-hmm. all of the palace intrigue and the murder back and forth, but it does paint a very bleak picture of those who are left behind in the land. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have a governor that uh, the uh, Babylonians or King Nebuchadnezzar has appointed over the people. Uh, you remember Johanna in, in our last ring last week has encouraged Gedaliah to take action quickly against Ishmael, and he's refused to, and of course that has come back to bite him, and so you have mm-hmm. Ishmael wiping out Gedaliah, all the men who are with him, and 80 random worshipers, you know, who are coming, you know, from Samaria, uh, you know, to come back, you know, to worship. And then you have Johanan, uh, son of Keri in case you missed, who's was son of Hur, yeah. and all of this coming back and, and killing Ishmael. And they're really, really in a quandary of what to do. There's so much that has happened. They, they fear the Egyptians, they fear the uh, Babylonians, and of course, they fear remaining in the land.
1: I just, it, I mean, reading that, there's so many details and so many names, but the one name not mentioned is God's. <laughs> like, he isn't... It, nowhere in this account, nowhere in this part of the story and or not mentioned obviously, but um it's just to me, I I, I long for his name to be mentioned as we read all of this assassination and just this back and forth, um, this fleeing, you know, you you long to to read that like that God's coming, but he you know, he has said that he's going to remove his protection from his people. I think about the vineyard, um, that he prophesied about and that he would remove his protection over the vineyard and all the birds and all of the things that, um, endanger it will be able to come. And that I feel like that's what is happening. You know, you feel the, the loss of his presence.
0: Yeah, I was in some in some ways, what we're seeing here is that we don't see God's name expli- explicitly mentioned. Right, you see that this is a result of of the Word of God being rejected time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, what happens right. when God's Word is rejected. So yeah. the sovereign the sovereign Lord, you know, is His shadow in a sense stands over this whole mm-hmm. scene. Um, and we're watching his well, people. Yeah, while God's name is not mentioned, God's presence is felt. He is mm-hmm. carrying out, you know, the judgments that he has, he has said that he would carry out. And he is overseeing, you know, uh, the process mm-hmm. you know, that, that's going forth. So we see providence, you know, God's providence at work and God's sovereignty at work. Mm-hmm. But but it is sad because this was a people who were formed to enjoy God's blessing and not to experience God's judgment. Uh, But indeed, you know, God is sovereign in both salvation and the grace that he shows his people and, of course, the judgment against sin. And we see not only uh, his judgment against sin, but we see the remaining consequences of ugliness and the brokenness of sin, um, you know, as it captures the heart of the people.
2: Yeah, that's what's grabbing me. I mean, obviously, just seeing just the death and the assassinations and just the ugliness of what sin can be inside a people, inside a community, you know, and so it does make us kind of confront some of those larger complexities of, uh, of the brokenness inside humanity its effect it has on humanity, but then also, you know, God being sovereign over all those things and being someone we can trust in the middle of those moments. But yeah, this is just kind of a dark, a dark chapter in Jeremiah.
0: And how things have fallen, you know, from a, you know, the pinnacle of, you know, the worship of God under David to David's own sin and his family disintegrating and uh, the pinnacle of wealth for Israel under Solomon. And, uh, you know, the many different occasions which the people are, are prospering, even though they're far from God. And you come down to a very meager, in you know, a city that's, you know, the, the, all of this is taking place. So remember in a city that. Uh, has been burned to the ground. There's not one stone left on top of the other. The great temple, mm-hmm. you know, has been reduced to nothing. And uh, then you have all of this intrigue. People. And the sad part is, you have people who are you know coming back, you know, to worship from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from that the northern kingdom which had been decimated long years ago, hoping to come back to Jerusalem. And they must have been devastated by what they saw. And not only that, they're met with death and thrown mm-hmm. into cisterns. And they're worshiping God. You can tell how far they are from God. They're worshiping God by cutting themselves, mm-hmm. which, you know, in the book of Kings is what the prophets of Baal, you know, had done and something, you know, God never, you know, never required. So it is, it is a bleak scene and even little glimpses of hope that you almost want to see in it are immediately, mm-hmm. you, you know, vanquished and taken away from it.
2: And I guess we'll talk about it more, but even just the kind of full circle return back to Egypt after this whole wild story we've been reading about, you know, it's going back to kind of where it began.
0: No, that's exactly, you know, the next couple of readings we have are going to be very centered, you know, in Egypt. But it's a sad truth, you know, that, uh, you know, the children of Israel, you know, as they're moving out in the wilderness, you know their first cry is, we want to go back to Egypt, Mm -hmm. the land of, you know, leeks and onions and here they are in a back in the land of leeks and onions and it is a meager existence for especially when you see that the the vision god had for his people in their own land living securely under his blessing enjoying uh, you know his presence and this is what it's been reduced to because of our sin and because Mm -hmm. of our
2: our disobedience
0: david do you mind closing us with a word of prayer
2: no let's pray and father we would you thank you for your word as it does make us confront the realities of sin um, but it also points us to the great hope held out in christ jesus who came to die for sinners it's completely completely amazing that all that you've done for us in christ jesus um, may we not only see the reality of our sin but also the reality of what christ has done for us and may that be pressed deep into our hearts today we pray this all in his name amen